When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, and sometimes it's the paranormal, but it's always beyond reality. Good evening. Welcome, everyone. It's great to have you along tonight. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson, and we've got a really good show lined up tonight, as we do every night. But it's a great way to kick the week off, because as it is Tuesday on the East Coast now, uh, our guest is named Tuesday. Tuesday Mae Thomas will be with us, author, speaker, and mystic teacher. She'll be introducing us to the grid matrix of collective consciousness, what that means for you. She's got a book out that's called How to Manifest with the Law of Vibration. This is a way that she says you can heal yourself in a lot of different ways. So we'll be talking about that with Tuesday tonight during the program. Uh, Looking ahead, just so you know what's coming up on the show, because we have some really great stuff ahead. Tomorrow night, uh, L.A. Marzulli will be here, author and filmmaker, paranormal researcher. He'll be talking about the ancient mounds in America. They're all over uh, in the United States, and um, they're a bit mysterious. He claims they may have been built by the Nephilim. We're going to be talking about that tomorrow night. Wednesday's program, C.J. Zahner will be here, author and skeptic medium. C.J. will share premonitions and paranormal experiences that inspired her books. And then on Thursday night's program, Dr. Frederick Woodard will be here. He's a hypnotherapist, an author, and a paranormal researcher. We'll talk about altered states of consciousness, paranormal and spiritual experiences, and hypnosis. So a great weekend of or a great week of programs as we lead to the weekend. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking about the weekend already. We just finished one, right? Um, if, I, I'm assuming that almost everybody. I know how popular it was, but I, I think almost everybody watched the Netflix original um, series. It kind of kicked off a true crime spree of viewing. Not a true crime crime spree, but a, but a spree where a lot of people became very, very fascinated by true crime stories. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, series, miniseries, or whatever you, whatever you want to call it, called um, Making a Murderer, about the Stephen Avery case. Remember that one? Yeah, it really took the country by storm. Uh, it's just a fascinating case to begin with, with uh, many, many twists and turns. If you haven't watched that, I... I really recommend you do because it's really it's really kind of cool. And there's a second season, if you will, out uh, where they continue the story. Well, if you've watched both the first and second season, you know that currently, I don't know if I want to ruin for folks who haven't seen it, but um, the uh, the main character in this particular real life drama is in prison and trying to get a new trial, and his high profile attorney, Kathleen Zellner. Um, has been researching the case, which they outline. It's a murder case, the murder of Teresa Hulbach in 2005. Um, Stephen Avery was convicted of that murder. He's in, he's in a, serving a life sentence now in prison. Well, anyway, she tweeted today, in fact, that they're pleased to announce. I'm going to read this tweet. We are pleased to announce that a reward of $100,000 is being offered by a concerned citizen for the arrest and conviction of the real killer, of Teresa Hallbach. All tips should be called in to, and I'll even give you the number, it's 630-847-3733. You know, they're contending that uh, this man is in prison wrongly. Although if you've watched it, you you have to conclude that there's a lot of of evidence. Uh, But, you know, hey, 
Stranger things have happened. Um, if you have not watched the uh, the series Making a Murder Part One and Two, uh, I recommend it's great. It's great binge watching, if you will. Uh, I think there are ten episodes in each of the two seasons, so be pretty interesting. So um, we'll keep an eye on that because I think it's a fascinating case. In the meantime, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll bring in our guest. We're talking with Tuesday May Thomas tonight on Beyond Reality Radio. Look out, Rochester! Scaricon is coming for you. The Northeast's leading fan convention for all things pop culture is celebrating its ninth year at the Rochester Riverside Hotel, October 18th through the 20th. Scaricon brings an amazing group of celebrities, panel discussions, film screenings, great vendors, and amazing parties. It's a weekend of fun from start to finish, and it's family friendly. For more information, visit Scaricon.com and check us out on Facebook. Use the promo code BRR at checkout to save 20% on your admission. That's Scaricon.com, October 18th through the 20th in Rochester, New York. We will be taking your calls later in the show tonight at 844-687-7669. Our guest tonight is Tuesday May Thomas. Tuesday is an author, a speaker, a mystic teacher. We're going to be talking about the grid matrix of collective consciousness. Her new book is called How to Manifest with the Law of Vibration. Her website is her name, TuesdayMayThomas.com. She's the author of two books, The Reiki Apprentice and the one I just mentioned, And she specializes in the metaphysics of spiritual growth, the grid matrix of collective consciousness, and Reiki. Tuesday, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. I am so grateful to be here with you tonight. Thanks. We're very happy to have you. Tell us how you got started with all of this. Well, we're going to take a trip down memory lane. You know, since I was a child, I have had just numerous interactions with the invisible world, and I've had a fascination with it. Uh, From youth, I've seen ghosts. I've spoken telepathically with ghosts. I've seen UFOs in the sky. I've had invisible friends I used to give lectures to in my bedroom as a child, and I was always just so perplexed with how other people, a lot of other people around me didn't recognize this, what was going on in the invisible realm. Many years later in my life, I was backpacking through Europe and ended up on the side of a mountain living with a bunch of folks that call themselves the Rainbow People. No electricity. This is before Facebook, before Lady Gaga, Twitter, and all that stuff. No electricity, no phones. Living up there on the mountain, I get really a really bad stomach bug, and uh, I go to the healing teepee. Now, I had never heard of Reiki before, but the lady in there says, well, I can do Reiki for you. And I was in such a mess and such distress, I said, I'll try anything. The moment she laid her hands on me, I just knocked out. And when I came to, the pain was gone. I, I felt incredible, and I couldn't understand. This was just this magical, mystical thing that happened. Cut to two years later, I'm back with the Rainbow folks on a mountain in the bush in Australia, uh, celebrating the millennium, and this time now I'm depressed. I'm really down and emotional and really at my wit's end, and I meet another Reiki lady, and she says she'll do Reiki with me, and I'm, wow, I have this just incredible altered state of consciousness experience that leaves me, like, completely rebooted and reset, and I says, you know what, when I go back to New York, which is where I was living at the time, I'm going to find a teacher, and I'm going to go check this out and become, you know, become a student and learn about this, because it was so profoundly healing for me. So I'm back in New York. Within a couple weeks, I'm working at this yoga center, and I meet this lady who invites me to a trance channel gathering, this little intimate secret sort of group gathering. I go to this trance channel gathering. This woman who's channeling within the first five minutes says the words, the grid. Instantly, every cell in my body, like, stands to, and I'm like, I know this. Everything this person is channeling, I know exactly, like, there's a resonance. I don't know how I know, but I know. And she's talking about this information, the way that energy correlates and the relationship between all people, places, and things throughout the universe through this invisible network of this grid matrix. And I said, whoa. And at the end of it, I was fully guided. I was like, I didn't even know this woman from anyone, but I was guided to say, you know what? Do you know anyone who teaches Reiki? Because I really want to learn. And she turns around. Now, back, she was back in her person now. She wasn't channeling anymore. And she said, actually, I'm a Reiki teacher. I can show you everything. I apprenticed with her for three years, hardcore, rock solid, learned everything about Reiki. She took me under her wing into hospitals, working on children with people near death, uh, had some really phenomenal experiences. But the most phenomenal was learning how to heal my life with Reiki, but also this understanding of the metaphysical and the multidimensional aspect 
of what we are and who we are and how that energy works in that invisible realm. I finally found it. I found how this Reiki was working through me, how this, this invisible network works. And since then, from the first moment I heard her talk about the grid, I knew I had to write about this. So I started writing in 2009, 2010, Grid Mind Science. It was going to be a book. My life just went here and there and everywhere. And I've been working on this book and 35 journals from sitting at her feet and, you know, translating like Carlos Castaneda, right, with Don Juan in those books, like just taking down notes and notes and notes. And I'm sitting here at a certain point and I hit a wall and I'm going, man, this book is like incredible. This is so difficult. I can't even get around to like really getting this down. And then the higher self comes in and says, well, why don't you just make a movie? <laughs> and I think, you know what, that actually sounds a lot easier than trying to write this book. And in, in effect, what's happening is as I'm creating now the platform and the screenplay to explain these teachings, these metaphysical, multidimensional uh, teachings that have really healed my life and that I've used with so many students and clients, hundreds and over the years. And I've seen the effects. I know this stuff works. And it's time now. It's time to share it. So now this book is actually becoming, the grid mind science is becoming the movie, and it's going to have a companion book called The Holy Grail Hologram. So I've, now it's turning into this whole other um, just beautiful gift that I get to share. And, you know, as a teacher, you the more you share and teach, the more you learn. And this is just the stuff that I feel is the nectar of, of why I'm here in this life. And so I'm just really grateful to be here with you now and to talk about it. All of this because you didn't feel well, you felt really poorly at one point, and you went in search of some help and some solutions, and it started you on this path? Well, this is it. It was the Reiki, and I had never heard of Reiki. Do you know Reiki? Have you, are you, you know, familiar with I, that I've got all? to tell you, my next question to be to you was going to be, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about Reiki. I mean, of course I've heard of it, and we've had Reiki okay. masters on the program before, and you know, um, I, I do a, a number of uh, events and appearances, and there's always Reiki folk, um, you know, a, a part of these events. So of course, I've been around it. I just don't really understand how it works, and I'm hoping that um, maybe you can shed some light on that. Absolutely, absolutely. What I teach is that it is the frequency of love, and it is that frequency of love that is love and only love, that has no opposite. It is not born of the dual plane that we learn here in the 3D grid matrix. It is above and beyond, yet a fabric of what we experience here in bodies on on this world plane. And all it is, is it's the practitioner um, having learned with a teacher. And, and, you know, this is stuff that we do. We give each other hugs. We The mom kisses the baby's boo-boo better. These are all translations of how the extension of that love works and heals. Yet when you go through proper training and you're attuned, it's really an initiation to open your energetic channels within you to hold that frequency of love. And that is the initiation above and beyond all, and learning how to heal yourself by laying hands on yourself and, of course, sharing that with others. And that opens you up, just allowing yourself, and it's consciously, this is the thing, is putting yourself consciously in tune with that frequency of love and letting it channel through you and sharing that with yourself and others that creates this incubator of self that gives you the opportunity, gives the individual the opportunity, the student of of Reiki, to really come to understand what are the untruths they've been walking with in this life, and if you believe in past lives, for many lives, all the stories, all the beliefs, all the patterns, the conditionings, the things that maybe are holding us back and limiting us in our experience of what we, as we grow, especially in the spiritual world, we start to realize, like, oh, we bump into things, beliefs and patterns, and we're like, wait a minute, is this mine or is this my mom's? Is this mine or is this was this grandma's that she gave this to me? Who, where did I learn this? Because that actually doesn't resonate as my truth. That's, that, that doesn't allow me to feel limitless. And Reiki opens the way for all of those patterns and all of those things, subconscious, unconscious, on every level, to be met with love. And that love is what does the work for you. So the, the Reiki healer, the practitioner, really is just a channel and a conduit to, to step out of the way. The personality, the person gets out of the way and allows that love to channel through them. And for the highest good, there's never a force of will. It's always an agreed sort of a contract, if you will. For the highest good, that love 
creates the divine alchemy within the individual to the degree that they are willing and ready to meet themselves and be healed on whatever level that is personal to them at that time and space. And it's just, it can be the most profound experience. I mean, I've had some of the most profound experiences with Reiki other than than any other thing that I've uh, experienced, besides maybe medicines like ayahuasca or mushrooms and such. Um, But it's the way of love. It's the way back home to that love frequency. But it's an initiation because where there's love, fear will be purged. And I, you know, it, it has been my experience. It's not something that I continue to affirm. Yet in my experience, it has been that that's the only thing that's holding us back are just beliefs and patterns sewn into us that are rooted in fear, rooted in lack, rooted in scarcity, rooted in I'm not enough, or, you know, or the abuse or the trauma and the, the PTSD, the, the, the anxiety, the stresses, the, the things that have marked us in our life that we carry. Because we all have had experiences in our youth or maybe in our past lives that we carry over to this life that we bump into, or that if you were hurt as a child, unless that aspect is healed, it's going to affect everything in your life, your finances, your relationships, your work, your career, your self-esteem, your body, your health. And so can you imagine just having one traumatic event in your life and how that may color everything else? And many of us are walking with a handful, if not more, of experiences that are left unhealed. And so that that was me is that I, 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 in my book, The Reiki Apprentice, we, we start from when I'm a child and, and the things that marked me as a child and then how I learned to heal them with these teachings, the metaphysics, knowing the grid, and of course, with Reiki. We have about uh, 30 seconds here before we have to go to our first break. I just want to ask you specifically about love. I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that say love is a, is a big mystery. You use the word a lot. Is love an energy? I think for for us to begin as a collective, that's a that's a that's a that's an entryway mm-hmm. place that we can start with it. But ultimately, it is all there is. It, it like the Beatles. Said. I mean, it's really it is the truth of all that is, and uh, it is that much of a phenomenon that it's it's almost like people might call it God. And I know that some people have a knee jerk reaction to that word for whatever different reasons, but it is that which ultimately, in effect, is nameless and is changeless. It is the backdrop of all creation. I, I believe, and so far in what I've discovered, that's what love is. Okay. It is the all. Our guest tonight, Tuesday, May Thomas, is uh, talking about her book called "The uh, How to Manifest with the Law of Vibration, or talking about the grid matrix of collective consciousness. It's a concept that um, we're going to need a little explanation for, and that's what Tuesday is doing for us. Uh, sounds like we've lost Tuesday. Hmm. I have to get Orion uh, working on that. <laughs> it's always uh, interesting when you go to bring the guest in and you hear that funny tone. Um, another thing I'd like you to do when you have a chance is go to the Facebook page. Find our social media there. Just go to Beyond Reality Radio. Give that a like. And also go to uh, J.V. Johnson and give that page a like as well. You'll get a lot of great information about who we've got coming up on the program also comments, a lot of great uh, interaction with people who listen to the show and stuff that they find, paranormal videos, a lot of great stuff there. Uh, again, it's Beyond Reality Radio on Facebook or JV Johnson or both, and uh, make sure you like those pages as well. Okay, I think we have Tuesday back. We lost you there for a second Tuesday. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I think I went out of body for, a, for just a tad. Spe- I'm back. <laughs> Speaking of out of body, as you became familiar with Reiki and how it, you know, it taught you to look at things very, very differently than you had in the past, um, is there an out-of-body experience associated with this at all? Not generally, no. It, and, it's, and it is really... At its roots, it is the the most natural and simplest method of healing um, because there's no big handbook. There's no, you know, there's no big college to go to. It is really, I think, the expression of what is innately natural within us to heal ourselves and to share that with others and with everything around us. I mean, because you can Reiki your food, you can Reiki your contract, your business emails, you can Reiki a room, you know, before you go in, you can Reiki your, your set before you go in for your show. And, uh, and really, it's just adding love. It's, it's creating the correct conditions for the greatest amount of love to be present for the highest good of what's appropriate 
for that time and space. So, again, there's never a force of will with Reiki, and the practitioner really has an initiation into impeccability, too, because there's no you in the Reiki. There's no, there's none of this whole thing of, like, I healed you. That, that goes out the window. It's you get out of the way and let love, let love rule, let love do what it's supposed to do for that person's path at that time. So there's no shamanic extraction of this and that, and it's the most gentlest, simple laying on of hands. Uh, and the hands can touch the body or they can hover above the body to transfer that life force energy, what I call the love force. <laughs> you, um, as we get to know you and how you your spiritual journey uh, continued, uh, I think around... As a young teenager, you moved to Ireland and spent a great deal of time there. Uh, that was important, wasn't it? That was super important. Uh, number one, because I learned how to drink Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, and actually, there's a whole backstory because for many years of my life, I was a singer, and so I took to the streets. I used to play guitar and was in lots of bands and loved that whole life out there. But as well as that. When I was 16, I lived there from 14 till I was 24 years old, and I started meditating at 16. I started really, I was always sensitive and seeing colors and auras and stuff, but it really started activating there. I had, this is where I began having these experiences of sleep paralysis, and, and, and I believe, you know, there's maybe different teachers or teachings, but I think as a standard there's a difference because out of body is when it's like this, like euphoric, like, wow. And often you can sometimes feel very lucid um, where you leave your body and you might see yourself down there, or maybe there's a dream or a vision or a sense of flying or floating and it can be really beautiful. And then there's sleep paralysis where you're kind of held at your will and, uh, and perhaps visited by beings, which I've had that experience several times. And it began in Ireland. And uh, the Irish are really cool because it would be like, you know, on the on the front page of the local newspaper, it would be like, oh, you know, Farmer O'Reilly saw a UFO over the cows on 2 a.m. of the other night, you know, and it would be just like a happenstance thing, like, oh, okay, and turn the page to the next little thing in the, in the newspaper. So they're kind of just really laid back about all that stuff and open to the conversation. But um, I call it the gray when it has ever happened to me where it's that place. And I feel like a lot of us have had that where you're going to sleep and it's that moment where you know, oh, I'm just going to be going to sleep right now. And then boom. And it's that it's not, I call like white being awake, black being asleep. And the gray is that space in between where you're like, oh, here I go. Mm, I'm going in. But this is where it would come in, in that gray. And I would feel a vibration through my body, a hum in my ears that would get louder and louder until it was almost excruciating. And then the paralysis would set in. And I could not move anything. I, the only thing I would ever be able to move were my eyes. I could look left and right or up and down. But my whole body would be held captive. And uh, and this it started happening just over and over again. And then it, it continued where then, not against my will, it never felt... Even though it was terrifying at times, it was actually rather benign. Um, I did have an experience later in Italy that was very trippy, but that was after a big LSD uh, experience that I had as well, and I think that was a, had a lot to do with it. But these, I, I had these experiences where then as this started happening more and more, where then my body would be lifted, I wouldn't be able to move, I'd be spun around the room, put back down, and then, you know, the weird thing is when you start to hear footsteps in your room and you can't turn your head <laughs> to see who's Ooh, there, yeah, yeah. but you feel and you sense the presence. And this had happened just over and over again where I would fall into the grave, I'd be in that sleep paralysis, and I could feel the presence of these beings around me. And again, it felt benign. They didn't, there was no weird stuff going on. It was, I just felt like I was being observed. Um, and in a way, you know, kind of tested in a way to see, like, how would I respond to this not having any control and not being able to move. Um, years later, now, at that Rainbow Festival in Greece that I was talking about, I had the opportunity to take some LSD, which I do not do anymore, but there was a period of my life when that, that was a part of it. And uh, besides past life realizations and all sorts of beautiful, this was all well at that at that uh, trip on that journey, that I actually saw the grid in the sky with a with a tripping buddy that I was with that evening. But oh. I didn't know it was the grid because I hadn't met my teacher yet. I didn't. I couldn't put the pieces together. But it had come in a vision. Um, but anyway, after that whole situation, I'd lived on the mountain, no electricity, and all that for a couple months, and then I go back down 
into Italy and I get to Assisi and I'm staying at a friend's house on her couch. And it was, again, boom, here it comes, the gray. And this time they were messing with me and they were, and I had my back, I was laying in the couch facing the wall, the inside of the window, and I couldn't move and I could hear the footsteps. They were moving chairs around. In Italy, a lot of people have tile floors and you could hear the, they were just messing with me. And I knew that this was a different energy. This was a trickster energy that was trying to push my buttons. I could feel their presence as, as if they were almost t- trying to touch me. It's like when you're someone behind you and you can feel their hand or their finger almost touching your back and you get like that kind of shiver that, mm-hmm. oh man, and they, they just kept messing with me. And this felt like this went on and on and on all night long. But that was a breakthrough night because I remember I was like, I am going to break out of this. And I had to use so much of my will an intention to knock these, knock this out and just say stop. And I remember I finally, finally just got, was able to like, just, just, just stop and, and move out of it. And, and I instantly uh, told the girl I was staying with and she's like, okay, she was cool, but she, you could see in her eyes, she's like, okay, you're crazy. <laughs> I was like, there's beings in the house. I was just, there was these people all over the place and making a havoc and this and that. So I called this friend of mine in LA and she knew right away, I just said, they're here. And she's like, okay, what you got to do is beam a blue ray light through your fingertip, close all the windows, seal up all the holes, the faucets, the showers, the, anywhere there's a hole or a drain in anything and seal it up with this blue light. And that helped me. And I was able to sort of contain my energy. The next day I went with my friend to her mother, who was this, I call her Mama Zen. She's a very intuitive Zen master. And she kind of asked me some questions, and I was ragged at this point. And I told her that just like a couple, I guess a month or a couple weeks before that, I had taken that LSD, and she's like, "Uh aha, yes, your aura is full of holes. You've got this open aura. Anything can come in and out. You need to stop. No alcohol, no weed, no drug, no nothing. You need to go clean and build that white light in your aura back up so that it's not inappropriately penetrated by unwanted visitors. And honestly, I went through a massive depression after that. I... I was mad. I was wild open. And I was like, this is how crazy people feel because I was seeing these visions in my head of world destruction. I had voices in my head wanting you know, saying, kill yourself, kill yourself. The gray was happening constantly, beings visiting. But these were the hecklers, the, the trickster ones. That it, This was a different variety than the visits I had had in Ireland in the past. And I, I constituted to my energy that I was so open from that LSD and, and and I hadn't done. Now I know how to how to work with those energies, or if you're called to do a mushroom ceremony or to to do anything like that. There's a, there's if you're open and spiritual, there are certain things that are appropriate. Tuesday, to do. who to who mm-hmm. who were the visitors? Where were they coming from? You know, this is something that I've sat with my whole life, and I've I've wanted to know and not wanted to know. And in all honest truth, what keeps coming through is the grave. And I know that's a big discussion point. Um, and I and I feel again that the way that any whatever we call them, whoever they are that visit us, the experience of the visitation is going to reflect our energy. And again, because I think I was more together, more coherent in my own self in the past, they were more benign visits. And while they were terrifying in their own way, because it was new at first and just being paralyzed and all this stuff. But this trickster stuff where they were then putting all this weird, negative, fear-based stuff in my head, that was of a different order. But it also reflected my head, (laughs) where I was at. And it gave me the opportunity, though, to master my mind. And I remember I realized I need to master my mind. And as I said, I was a musician, and I remember writing this song called Easy Chair that's all about mastering your mind and, like, getting, like, pushing through that depression, pushing through that dark side, and putting your foot down and saying, no matter how dark I feel and how much I feel like I want to kill myself, I'm, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to choose otherwise. I'm going to choose again. Now, you've used, that, the, you've used the term the grays. Is that what you've said? That, that's what I get when I, now, when is, I is ask. That, is that the same grays that we would know if, if we were ufologists or studying kind of alien visitations? Is that what you mean when you use that phrase? Or do you, you know, mean something I, different? Honestly, I, I'm not going to say... 
for sure confirmed yes or no because the answer, the honest answer is I really don't know. What I will tell you is there were small ones and there were tall ones. But I'm just curious if that's what you're referring to. We, I, mean, I know you can't verify with any certainty exactly what we're talking about here, but is that, when you say the grays, is that what you're referring to? That, that, that's the feeling I get, yeah. Okay. In, in, any, in anything I've ever looked into or read about or researched about the grays, it, 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 that's that's what it comes to. Okay. Um, I, and I'm curious because, um, you know, one of the things that we have chatted about on this show before is we've had um, demonologists and other folks who deal with some dark entities. And they often say that when you're in a compromised state, that's what they would call it, um, in, you know, in, under the influence of some of these, um, these substances, uh, you can open up yourself to some negative energies and negative entities. Did you feel like it was that or did it ultimately become more positive for you? What, what did you feel like? Was this a negative attack on you? Yes. I, yes, I felt that because I was, yeah. I was terrified, like on a whole other level, this was... And it wasn't just scared and terrified. It was like when something gets in your head and it feels like you can't control what it, what thoughts it makes you think and what you hear in your head, something has gotten into your field, your energy field, right. into, into you, into your psyche. And so what it did, though, is it offered me that opportunity again to recognize that i got to take care of this field. I need to really learn how to master this person, this being that I am. So, so you had, to, you, had you had to take control again. You realized that you were vulnerable and you needed to find a way to take control. I was so vulnerable. I yeah. couldn't get a job. I was, I was living, I had to move back home. I was sleeping with my little sister. I was on her bunk bed, yeah. you know, crying. In, I couldn't get out of bed for six months. I was just they were there. They were everywhere, everywhere. and they were just messing with me. Um, did, is this what led you to the grid? Was the grid the solution in all this for you? I think ultimately it, it is. It is because it's understanding and learning a means of self-mastery. And the grid offers us a way to learn how to heal our lives by mastering our mind. And the irony is that I've written that song about mastering the mind, and two years later I meet the teacher through which I would begin to learn all this stuff with. Do, do you have to, uh, when you're faced with some adversity like that, um, often I, I find that these stories kind of indicate that you've got to open yourself up to solutions. You can't, um, once you open yourself up to them, they tend to find you. Do you see any truth in that? Yes, like attracts like, and that's one of the, the teachings that I teach, like attracts like. And it's, it, again, I, I feel that those experiences I had that were a little more dark uh, than the other ones were a reflection of where I was at. And because my energy was such and so unstable, it allowed those kinds of visitations versus something that was more benign. Um, in the minute we have left, we've been talking about your book, How to Manifest with the Law of Vibration, but you have another book, which I think um, uh, recounts your experience as you started to learn Reiki and, and understand how it could help your life, right? The, the Reiki Apprentice? Yeah, and, and actually, just to clarify, that what we're talking about is actually more rooted in, in the Reiki Apprentice and the stuff that's in my, which is my memoir and autobiography. Um, how to Manifest is is sort of a different conversation, so just to clarify that, yeah, but it's... It, all this stuff is, uh, a lot of it is in my book. Great. With oh. the gray sleep paralysis and the visitations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to um, continue the conversation and get into the book, How to Manifest with the Law of Vibration, in the next hour as well. We'll also take your phone calls for questions. Um, if you have, uh, Tuesday, we're not doing readings or anything like that, but you said that you would take questions. If somebody has um, a particular uh, specific experience that they're looking to uh, get some help with, um, and this this um, philosophy, this belief, this idea, this practice um, could help them. You'll take those calls, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, what's different here? What are we going to be talking about with this uh, with this second book? You know, sovereignty, freedom, peace, all of the rudimentary aspects that it seems everyone's searching for. in this world, how to develop it, how to heal their lives, how to really live their truth and embody that experience. And what I call that, that's living heaven on earth. When you are free 
of, again, all the stories, all the conditioning, all the things that you've been told you are, that you realize you're more than that or you are not that or you've decided I'm not that anymore, and you begin to release those patterns, release those beliefs, and you change your chemistry, you change yourself energetically, and you change your consciousness, and what happens is you find yourself in a place that I call fourth-dimensional consciousness that is no longer bound like a puppet on the strings of the grid matrix, like Pinocchio. You're no longer bound to those strings, to those stories, to the limitations and how they cause physical reactions in your body, how they cause anxiety or stress or the filters through which you see and respond to the world with. And when you start to enter into that 4D consciousness, that's the mystic place of the heart. That's when you're living your truth without any boundaries. And that is such a powerful thing and such a powerful place to allow ourselves to come into. And the whole world changes as we begin to come into that. But there is an initiation, just like with the Reiki, because, again, it's like now you've dropped all those stories. Now you're learning how to heal your life. Well, who are you now without those stories? And you enter another book I have, actually, that I didn't mention that's a free download. It's a mini book um, on the iBooks and at the Amazon it's called the Nowosphere, understanding your spiritual sensitivity. Because when you've let go of all those shields and those protection and the things that you kept from the traumatic experiences in your childhood, when you let all that stuff go, then you're walking free. That's a whole other level of you. And so there's like you got to learn how to be who, who am I now without all that stuff. And so you enter the Nowosphere, which is living in the real purity of the present moment, not bound by the past, not trying to figure out the future or control any of it. And that's where manifesting with the law of vibration comes in because we learn how to really speak and really be the truth in our heart without any limits. And we start to learn how to create the circumstances we want to experience in our life from living from the truth in our heart. Law of vibration is different from law of attraction because law of vibration allows the truth in your heart to manifest everything your heart, your true blueprint of self-desires. The law of attraction, when, when it's rooted and aligned with the heart, is awesome because it'll do that same thing. But if it's just the stuff you think you need or want in your mind that's going to make you happy, it's going to attract all those things you think that would make you happy. But then we might learn, wait a minute, I'm still not happy. I've got all the stuff that I've used the law of attraction to create, so let's get into the law of vibration. Let's take it deeper into the heart. Who are you really? Do you really want this marriage? Do you really want that career? Do you really want to be in this circumstance? And there's this un leveling of self that happens. Um, and so we're taken through the steps. It's, it's a half kind of a book that breaks down the principles, and then the second half of the book is an actual workbook that helps guide you through how to learn how to actually embody and live this. We are all made up of our experiences, good or bad, um, and it develops our personality, and it makes us essentially who we are defined as. Um, as we uh, get older in life. Are you suggesting that there's some, somebody underneath all of that, uh, particularly when it comes to these negative experiences that we've had throughout the course of our lives, and if we let go of those, we our true selves will come out? Yes, absolutely. Um, with the grid teachings, we learn about the grid. We learn about the matrix, if it were, and that really that's all this 3D is, this world is the stories, is, is all of, it's the labyrinth. It's the network of all the thoughts, feelings, words, emotions, contracts, agreements, everything we've ever conjured through all time and space, through all dimensions, as a collective consciousness. And when we become conscious of what we've been contributing, we start to change that pattern, and we start to change then what we attract through the grid. Because like, is, like attracts like, and everything is energy we're learning. And we are that energy. And so what signal I send out through my thoughts, words, my vibrational codes is going to just, boom, magnetize that experience to me. But a lot of the time we're walking around in an unconscious way, just repeating the same stuff, reliving the same trauma, and, and really solidifying it by speaking it as an affirmation into our world without even realizing it. And we're going from unconscious to becoming a conscious co-creator of our life's experience. And really, most of my life, I lived as a victim. I was a victim, and that was my thing. And I learned, I don't want to be that anymore. I want to know who I am without all that stuff. And that's the sovereignty. That's the freedom. But again, it's a healing. It's an initiation. And you got to want it, you know. Uh, there's no right or wrong. There's no dogma if it's called to you. 
and you're ready to, to go on that journey, as many of us are on that spiritual path of knowing thyself, then I always say, now thyself is in know thyself. And really it's about knowing thyself, coming into the now moment. And that's where fourth dimensional consciousness is. That's synchronicity, that's flow, that's the divinity, that's the love right there in all of your experiences and exchanges. Clearly, and that's heaven on earth. Yeah, clearly you discovered this and you practice this and you teach this. Uh, mm-hmm. g- give us an idea. Um, how did your life change once you started doing all of this? Oh, you know, I think on a very rudimentary level, the very basic level is those the nagging negative, the consistency of the negative thinking that was a constant backdrop in my mental continuum that I wasn't even aware of. And still I tur- and still and pardon me, until I started to look at it. And I saw that all of the things that I was speaking and thinking and allowing those thoughts, like wild horses, to just go forth and think for me and let those thoughts be translated into my words that spoke for me, that just kept creating the same circumstances that I could be a victim again, that I could be bullied again in in any situation. And then when I started realizing, like, oh, let me really start working on this, healing this, changing this paradigm within my continuum of mind, thought, words, And really going to the point of creation and forgiving and zeroing out, just zeroing out those patterns and letting them go, that then, I mean, it's really, it's peace, you know? And and I know in some levels it just sounds so cheesy, but it's the basic stuff that we're all looking for is that peace of mind, is that calm, is that just like knowing of who you are and being able to chill in that, relax in that, and own it and and be that in the world. So and how, that's where all, everyone's looking for who they are, yeah, you know? Yeah, and if, if you had to give an example of somebody who might be struggling with something, um, you know, have their own demons, and I don't mean that in a spiritual sense, I just mean that in a, in a in have, you know, problems in their lives. What types of things uh, stand out most to you as being the types of problems or life's challenges that this uh, approach can handle and can solve? Anything, anything, because everything, again, is energy. And when you realize that you are that and that you are an extension of that and that is an extension of you and that you actually realize you have free will, that you can change your mind, that you can change what you speak, whether it's depression, addiction, anxiety, you've been traumatically or violently, you know, accosted in your past or whatever it is, all of it. You know, as as willing as the participant is to receive that healing or to just receive the information and sit with it and do what they are ready to do with it is to the extent that they will, on their own journey, have the experience of that freedom from the pain, from those chains that bind. Because that's all we're doing is we're replaying the trauma. We're replaying the fear, and it's feeding into everything. And we learn with these teachings how to change that by changing our mind, changing our word, and creating a root practice, a spiritual, a Reiki practice, a Tai Chi, whatever it is for the individual, surfing, <laughs> hugging trees, whatever it is that's going to put you in tune with that calm, peaceful part of you that knows thyself, that can hear your truth. Can this and be... begin... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No, no, go ahead. Um, can, this no, be... it, it... <laughs> can this be a physical healing as well? I'm sorry, pardon me? Can this be a physical healing as well? In my experience, absolutely, absolutely. There's, you know, there's, a, there's one of our old school first metaphysicians, if you're familiar with Louise Hay, she passed away not too long ago, and she was one of the first people to put into a book, here you have the physical ailment, the meta, you know, the metaphysical, what's going on, and then an affirmation, a set of words to help recalibrate you biologically, cellularly, mentally, and emotionally, which is your multidimensional self. And we have these uh, amazing doctors and physicians now. We have Bruce Lipton, who's telling us about epigenetics, how we are not our genes. Like, we, we might be, you know, given the, the, the doomsday of, like, oh, your whole family's diabetic or there was cancer and everyone had Alzheimer's or whatever, and so you think you're doomed. Well, there's science that's coming out now that's saying, like, actually you can change that path. Deepak Chopra is saying with every thought you think, your DNA is changing its configuration. We have the power within us in our consciousness. Now it has to be conscious. This is where we move into this paradigm of being an active co-creator of our experience. And again, you have to want that healing. You have to want to step up and say, okay, I'm ready. 
let's do this work. Tuesday, when we talk about the grid, what are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, just connections between all consciousness? Absolutely. It is the grid matrix of collective consciousness. It's an invisible network of energy that reflects the alchemical movement of all minds. And it's the medium and the fusion of all thoughts, emotions, words, actions contributed by all beings collectively through all time and space. So everything, we as a collective and individually, have participated in it. So we think about the World Wide Web, even, and how when we plug something in to our browser, we can type in any word or phrase, and we're going to get back, like, all sorts of offerings that can go on and on and on. Well, every time we have a thought, we have an expression of a feeling and emotion, we speak a certain word, we're connecting directly into that matrix. And we are not only connecting to it with our energy, but we are then plugging into all other energies that vibrate like that, and that energy is being pumped into us. And that's why it's important to learn levels of self-mastery. And really what I teach is being a master of your time and space. Your time is the words that come from the tip of your tongue, and the space is you hold in your mind through your thoughts about what you speak, about your life. And when those two are aligned with your truth in your heart, as you discover who you are in your healing path, that's when the miracles happen. That's when the healing happens. When you talk about the fourth dimensional consciousness, is that something that you can realize uh, in this physical form, or is that something that comes later? It's absolutely accessible to all of us in this physical form. And it, it's an interdimensional shift. And it happens when we have let go of enough of who we are not and come into the realization of who we are as our truth and the truth in our heart. I really feel that we all come in with some sense, some vision or some feeling about what we're here to do. And it can be simple. It can be complex, but whatever it is, what makes you happy, that's where you're going to be finding the blessings in your life. That's where you'll be led to the next breadcrumb along your trail of your adventure of life that's specific and personal to you. And again, it's, once we've dropped enough of the stories and healed all the parts of us that were connected and through the matrix and living out these prophecies that we speak and we think that are not congruent with the truth, when we drop that stuff and we start aligning with that which is, oof, everything changes. And then we start living in the now. We start living in the know thyself. We start attracting those people, those places to our environment because we are embodying that vibration. We are that. And so a like attracts like, and we create the correct conditions for that to be our experience. Tuesday, we have about a minute and a half here before our next break, but what is a trance channel? That's something that you use. You know, it is a person, in my experience, it is a person that allows a discarnate entity that is an entity, a being that does not have a body, to channel through them, to bring forth information. And, and in my book, The Reiki Apprentice, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, funnily, I'm telling my story about my first experience with the channel and how I was like, man, I've never seen something like this except in that movie Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg, you know? Right. And, and it, that, that, that's, you know, like a fun way to think about it, but it's you getting out of the way and allowing this information to come through. Um, and, you know, sometimes people, you know, it can be good or not so good, depending on who you ask or what your experience might be. But in my experience, it's all been good. All the all the um, contact and, and the information and the assistance that you've gotten through this the trans channel has been good f- for you? This is what the basis of my whole life has been for 20 years. This is why I'm here now talking about the grid this is where I learned the rudimentaries of how energy works in the universe was through the teachings that were channeled through my teacher over those three years I spent with her. And uh, again, it's about understanding what's going on in that, what we call the empty space, the space in between our bodies, the space in between buildings. And it's, and it's learning how to access that. And in fact, understanding that you are already connected to that. And how, okay, oh my gosh, I'm already connected to this grid. What I put out, I receive back an infinite fold. Well, let me be mindful what I'm putting out there, because I know, especially when we have thoughts or words that we go on repeat, you know, if you keep saying the same phrase and your lower back is hurting, you know, the minute you stop and maybe change that, you might feel a little less stressed. You might feel a little less anxious. Like we were talking before about that mind-body connection and the healing. 
your, your cells are listening to you. And Let, when you start to think new thoughts. Tuesday, we've talked a lot about what this can do for you, how it can help your life, how it can improve your life's lot, if you will. Um, but how does someone get started? How does it all begin? Well, it begins by understanding, again, that you are a conscious co-creator of your life's experience and really taking responsibility for healing your life. And where it starts with is learning how to be a master of your time and space. And we touched on that a little bit earlier. And again, it comes back to conscious thoughts, conscious word. What am I speaking? What am I thinking? And because what we were just on the tip of at the end of the last segment of speaking in terms of healing your body... When people start changing their thoughts, they start changing how they think and speak over their lives, it creates a different shift in our, in, in our biology. This is what the scientists are, are realizing now, that we can actually create these coherent shifts in our body, which then has a shift in our psychology and how the mental continuum works. And really, a lot of the ancients say that everything is mind. And when we understand this collective mind that we're connected to and start to really consciously choose what part and what aspects of that mind I want to be plugged into and receive information from or not, that's when we start getting activated into a different life, into healing our lives. And so really it would be just what, okay, pick a pick a part of your life, whether it's finances, relationships, whatever's going on for you, whatever's up now, and think seriously about, well, what, how, what are my thoughts around this? And what do I usually say? What is my mode of action? What are my phrases, my go-to phrases around it? And start looking at it and saying, well, is this, do I really want that to be my truth? And how true is that really starting to show up for me in my life? Where can I change that and rephrase that, rethink about that, so that I can start to construct a shift within myself, create the correct conditions so that I can perceive then this new reality that I'm going to start to uh, embody within me and so connect with and activate as my reality on the outside. Do you consider this to be uh, somewhat of a religious experience or very, at the very least spiritual? Absolutely. It's, it's a spiritual experience, but it doesn't have to be. It is, it is, it is just a conscious experience. Again, we're, we're going from just being unconscious. I, I call 3D matrix is, is where we have the duality of love and fear. We're taught love versus fear in this world. I call it the binary system. And there's only two choices. You can either love things or fear them, but there's, that's it. And then everything is always like you've got to eat all your beans or else you know, you're, you're not going to be healthy or there's starving people over here, so you have to finish your plate. Everything is based on this duality. We move into the 4D, which is where there's, the dual plane, the love and the fear, but we see, ah, there's another choice. I can choose from a place where there's love and only love. And then we start moving beyond the grid. So in a way, we learn the grid. We learn to master the matrix, not just exit the matrix, but we master it by mastering ourselves and then have the best of both worlds because I say we have one foot in heaven and one foot on the earth. We learn to be in the world but not be of it, and especially those parts of us, not be of those parts that are not true to us. Parts of the past. The past is an illusion. It's not real. Now is the only time, if the, if we even call now time, <laughs> that exists. <laughs> That's a whole other discussion. Um, right. If everybody were to discover this and everyone were to practice this, would that raise all of humanity to a, a new, as you put it, uh, vibration? I believe so. Yet the thing about this stuff is there's nothing... The cool thing about 4D is that there, it, it's not religion, it's not dogma, it's not saying this is right and that's wrong. It's saying, like, hey, check this out. There's another way to do this whole life thing. <laughs> and it's really cool, and it's really accessible, and it, and it complements any and all practice that you may already be involved in. And it is an interdimensional shift. Again, it's moving from this 3D that we've learned that is the matrix, that it like the movie. It's like we've learned that the world is the way it is, but then we break through and we're like, well, wait a minute, no, there's a different world. And we begin to understand this 4D is actually right next to this 3D, and it's interdimensional. So you could be having a heaven-on-earth experience next to, some, next to someone who's having a very 3D uh, otherwise experience, and it's all good. But there's no, there's no like need that you don't have to choose this, but only as you're guided, only as it resonates, only as you feel like, you know what, I'm ready to check something out, a different way to see things, a different way to think about things, and it's all love. 
How is your book a tool to help someone um, start down this path? Well, I feel that both of my books are tools. The Reiki Apprentice is a tool because I bear everything. I tell you everything about my life, no bars held, and I tell you in description everything about how I've learned. You, you travel with me through my ills and through my woes and how I learned to use metaphysics, multidimensional tools, the grid, the Reiki, etc., to heal my life and to get through it. And then with how to manifest with the law of vibration, now we have this, this set point for like, okay, now I'm ready to really go deeper into my heart space and really listen and connect with higher self, connect with, if you will, the voice for God. And again, I feel God is a verb. I don't feel that it has gender assigned to it. It's not a person. Whenever I write the word God, I always use the lowercase because it's not a person. It's not the name of a person. It's an energy. It's a feeling. You know, and so there's this exchange of this energy, and when you have that connection to your truth, to your heart, that is your higher self, that is connected to all of love. And when we allow that a channel through us, through our voice, our thoughts, our actions, we create heaven on earth because there's a natural order in the sacred geometry of all of existence. And when we allow ourselves to live our truth, it allows the puzzle pieces of this divine splendor of this fourth-dimensional consciousness to shine through. So you bring it with you wherever you go, that heaven on earth that you are. Is there a an afterlife component to this? Well, now that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, but let me ask you, well, please, uh, uh, go in a little deeper. What, how do you mean? Like, what, what do you mean? Well, um, what I mean is if, if as you, um, if you learn how to uh, move or... or practice within this higher consciousness and you are understanding of the grid matrix, does that allow your consciousness to survive your physical form? And then if we take it a step further, does it allow that consciousness to return in another physical form? You know, I think that is a, right now I feel that that's a personal question for a lot of people. And I, I, I'm mindful not to give a a very strong this or that, or yes or no about anything, because what I've learned is we all, again, hold pieces of the puzzle, and I'm just bringing a few pages of my book to the puzzle pieces that everyone else holds. So we all have something to contribute. I do believe, though, for my experience, because I have many past life recalls, that that the the consciousness or the marks or the karmas, if you will, you know, of this or that, or even the blessings, the teachings and the great, you know, things that have been realized that they carry through with us into, uh, you know, our next form, if you will. Does that explain it? Yeah, I I think so. I think so. You know, in in similar conversations, when we've talked about consciousness being um, connected between everyone and everything, um, it's often uh, part of the discussion that that consciousness leaves the the, the physical form upon the death of the physical form, but it doesn't go, it doesn't disappear. It still remains part of this matrix to use your word. And, uh, therefore it can, it's eternal. And I'm not sure if that you felt that was, that was the case. I love that you're saying the word eternal because there's, again, there's this difference, if you will. I I feel that the grid, there was one point, believe me, where I was obsessed with this stuff and I was like, the grid is God, the grid is all there is. Oh my gosh. And then, over the years, I realized, wait a minute, no, the grid is a tool, it's a construct. On a level, we are energy, we are atoms, and that's what the grid is. That's all it is, is that consciousness on that level. But, as we know, there's, we've explored, there's different levels of consciousness. And the pure white light, one source, one love, that which is indivisible, that is not made of atoms. That is the eternal, as you say, that is unbound by time, unbound by space. And so I feel... That is the true nature within us. And when we release, again, those stories, I call it we drop out. At a certain point, when you shift a tipping point in yourself and you release enough of the tar body, as I call it, those things that traumatize us, the toxins, the patterns, we activate in the light body. And we begin to see in the light versus seeing in the dark and the way that we've been used to. And then that, again, it's just these ongoing initiations. And we come back to that truth, that love, that, that part of us, that is, I like to say, unsuckable with. <laughs> we remember that sovereignty was like Pinocchio, there are no strings on me. You can't, you can't touch this because I'm indivisible. I am that white. I am that love. So what? What are you going to do? You know, but yet when you have all those wounds and those stories and those triggers 
and life comes at you, you're like, ah, you know, there's a whole different domain, and you forget that you are that. And so there's a real strengthening of that. And I believe that's the mystical aspect. It's the heart. It's the juice in that heart, man. And that turns on the pineal glands. That activates the third eye. That gives us that vision that's able to see through the veils of duality in the world, see through, and we drop the judgments. We drop start. We drop having all the labels. We just let people be, let things be. We allow ourselves to be. And that's the sovereignty. That's when you start really shifting interdimensionally and experiencing heaven on earth. It's just you letting you be free. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump to our phone lines here. This is Fred in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Fred, welcome to the show. Hey, Jamie. You always do such a great job. Thank you, sir. Uh, I was going to just share uh, my little bit of heart space of uh, uh, one or two things there. I'm enjoying the program a lot. And mention to her about Joseph Campbell. She just said a minute ago about you can't just, that God's not really a, a, a word or a thing. It's an energy. And Joseph Campbell was real big on that if the minute you say God, you can't, you can't even come close to trying to realize what you're supposed to be thinking about there. Um, <laughs> so I thought I would mention that aspect. And Einstein said we're nothing but a traffic jam of vibrations or energy. <laughs> Okay. I love that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, Joseph Campbell is such a such a gift to us with everything that he brought forth, and it's true. It's that. And just to clarify, you know, what what I say is that this is my latest thing. That God is a verb because it's. I was not brought up with religion. I was not brought up with all that. So when that word in itself started coming to me from studying a course in miracles, actually, I, I was like, oh, gosh, this God word is everywhere. This is weird because I've never said or thought about this word. Like, I used to say it like a valley girl, like, oh, my God. But like that was the, the extent of it. But then really realizing at the heart of it, for me, and what I teach, you know, and again, I don't say I know it all, but that it's really just love. And it's a feeling. It's, it's, it's awakening and the awareness of love, the presence of love, and allowing ourselves to be in that. So thank you for for saying that. And what was the other thing I you I like your about? idea of it being a verb. I really, that's interesting. I've never heard it described that way, but that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. What was that other thing you had mentioned there, Fred? I'll let y'all go. No, I, think, I, I think it was the Einstein. Fred, before you, before you hang up, you you'd meant you mentioned a quote from Einstein. That was what oh, she said. Yes. You uh, know what that made me want to quote? Bruce Lipton quoting Einstein that says that, uh, that Einstein once remarked the field or the grid, the matrix, is the full governing agency of the particle. And what he was talking about is that the invisible forces are primary in shaping the physical world. So that just speaks to that energy. Everything's energy, like attracts like, and that through our word, our thought, that we're exciting the atoms in our universe, co-create on our behalf of, of what we speak, what we think. So I like that. <laughs> Fred, thank you. So, yeah, thank you so much for the phone call. I always love uh, your insight, Fred. Thank you. Um, we just have a couple of minutes left Tuesday. Where can people get a hold of your books? Amazon. And go to my website, TuesdayMayThomas.com. Sign up for my monthly love letter. I send out all sorts of information. I love being on Instagram. Grid Mind Science is uh, on Instagram. I'm all over Instagram with my books. Soon to be coming out to that Facebook world as well. And uh, I have a YouTube channel. I do weekly live streams talking all about, it's called 4D Trinity. I'm funny enough, while we do this show, I'm on sabbatical, but I'll be back October 10th, Thursday mornings, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I will be giving a presentation on Gridline Science at the Conscious Life Expo in L.A. in February of 2020. So this is going to be coming forth, and I look forward to sharing more and more about it. But go to my website, sign up for my monthly love letter, and we can stay in touch. My email's there. If anyone has questions about anything I offer, I'd be happy to communicate and stay in touch. And I think you um, you uh, do tarot, or tarot cards, too, correct? I do. I do tarot. I do. I'm getting more busy, though. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a bit of a wait, but I do I do offer that as well. And, and I facilitate teachings on Reiki in the Coachella Valley in California. And all of that is on your website if people will have questions or need more information. Absolutely, yeah. Terrific. Tuesday, thank you so much for being here tonight. It's been fascinating. I appreciate your time and attention. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. You know, we have more and more guests coming on talking about this connected uh, level of consciousness 
where all minds, all souls, all people, all things are connected through some type of matrix or dimension. Uh, there are different words that are used depending on the guest, but mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be uh, a thought and a, and a theory or a practice that is becoming more and more accepted and talked about. Yeah, I've experienced that. Have you? Which part? Being connected? Yeah, that sense that we're all part of the same, you know, um, for lack of a better word, cauldron of soup, and we're just each an individual bowl. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's one way to put it. Now I want soup. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's that it's that idea that, uh, you know, you get a premonition uh, that somebody is going to call and they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's an example of what people will point to as being this connective uh, uh matrix of thought and energy um i don't know i mean i i find it pretty interesting and i and i just when i see these trends when i see more and more people start talking about something i feel like there's got to be some kind some type of uh you know some some level of um of understanding that we're starting to have Mm -hmm. and we're turning a corner on some of these ideas yeah we're in a a unique position on this show to have these disparate guests who may be talking about the same idea from a different perspective, and we can sort of connect the dots and see these trends. It's neat. All right, so tomorrow night we're going to be talking about something completely different. Author and filmmaker L.A. Marzulli will be here. He is a very, very well-known paranormal researcher, and he's going to be talking about ancient mounds in America. A lot of people thought they were burial mounds. Apparently they're not. Some are, but in general they're not. And he actually thinks they may have been built and, and uh, created by the Nephilim. That'll be a very, very fascinating discussion tomorrow night right here on Beyond Reality Radio. In the meantime, stop by Facebook and give our page a like. Also visit the YouTube page and subscribe. It's uh, J.V. Johnson on YouTube. Very, very easy to find. It's Beyond Reality Radio. We'll see you tomorrow night. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.